This is the Raider Cotton Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and our roster of co-hosts, we patrol America's law enforcement beat. We invite you today on a ride-along. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Welcome to episode 6-9 on Raider Cop Nation. I'm Alpha Mike, your host on this wonderful program. Today, we will be talking about what a lot of people have been waiting for, concealed carry. And it is titled, Concealed Carry, Who, What, Where, When, Why, and How. That's a mouthful. Six-part series. This is part one. We believe it may go to seven parts. We don't know that yet. We're especially thinking that might happen when we get to the how. But today we're going to talk about the who. Our two superhero guests that will be with us today are Mike Sierra and Kilo Sierra. They are both coming on today to discuss with us their views on the who. And we're going to not delay. We're not going to really fool around too much. This is the first uh, show of the season, but There's something I want to do this season, and I want to talk about leadership. Recently, the Secretary of Defense, James Mathis, has stepped down from that position, and he has done so very eloquently. And if you know a little bit about his history and his mindset, you do things, you know, Whatever state you found something, you you bring it up to a higher level and the dignity and the respect of the position that you hold. And so I started thinking about other leadership individuals and one that uh, I am a big fan of. And I said, well, every day we'll start, when we do our show every week, I'll go ahead and say a quote about one of these terrific leaders. And... Uh, For this season, I'm going to start with General Patton. And just a brief quote, and we'll talk about more about him as we go on in 2019. But a quote from uh, his book, it's it's a book called Patton on Leadership. And uh, it's an old book. I think I've had this book for 20 years. But uh, I'll read you a a little quote from General George S. Patton. All right, you son of a bitches. You know how I feel. I'll be proud to lead you wonderful guys into battle anywhere, anytime. So without any further ado, I want to bring on our super guest host. And let's start off with our first one, the one and only, yep, the original co-host of the Raider Cop Nation. Here you go. to the show hey alpha how you doing man it's been a while it has been a while i know you have a lot of things brewing on your end uh 
briefly, if you can tell us a little bit about what what's going on with Leatherneck 7. Yeah, um, Leatherneck 7, for whatever reason, a lot of people were, were asking me a billion questions about the name. So 2019 rolled in quick. I was literally, you know, going in, you know, in the crapper, and I'm like, oh, crap, it's already 2019. So I figured, hey, you know what, 2019, let's do this fresh, start brand new. Uh, we switched the name to America's Few podcast because, you know, we are America's Few. And that's not just geared towards, you know, the Marine Corps. That's, that's geared to any public servant because the, the percentage of, of Americans actually serve their communities, their country is very, very few. So to me, that name just made more sense. America's Few and, and, and people relate to it more. I've been getting a lot of good positive feedback. So we're going to roll with America's Few. Yeah, I, I saw the update, I saw the website, and as soon as I saw the name, uh, I, I associated with service, and you're absolutely right, it, it makes good sense in the, in the name change. Looking, looking forward to a lot of positive shows on that. No, yeah, we got a great lineup uh, for everybody this year, and uh, I, got the, I got the idea from the name from a 2009 commercial that the Marine Corps came out with. And it was titled America's Few. So I'm trying Googling. I'm seeing if that domain name was taken. And surprisingly, nine years after the after the recruiting video came out, nobody took the name. So I'm like, oh, I'm taking it now. 19. America's <laughs> Few. slipped by everybody's fingers. And, and that's your logo, by the way, and into your hands. Exactly. So we're, we're very excited and uh, we're proud to be part of the Raider Cop Nation. Thank you, and we're, we're glad to have you here. Today, we're going to start our concealed carry uh, segment, which is, should be six series. It's, it's programmed for six shows, maybe, maybe seven. But while we got on the on-deck circle, we've got Kilo Sierra. We're going to go ahead and bring him on. Awesome. Hello, Sierra. Welcome to Ready Cop Nation in 2019, buddy. A happy New Year. How's it going, buddy? Good. I'm here with Mike Sierra. We are uh, enthusiastic about this series. Awesome. Happy Hi, New Mike. Year. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Yeah, we're gonna start our series of carry, a uh, concealed carry. Who, what, where, when, why, and how. That's a that's a mouthful in itself. <laughs> oh yeah. One of six uh, a part series, and it may go into seven, especially when we start examining how. But today we're going to examine the who. So, but before we kick into that, Kilo, what, how was your New Year's, your Christmas, all that? Now, it was very the last good. Time, the last time I yes. spoke to you, you wore in Black Belt Jet magazine or something. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a, I was on the cover page of uh, of my local paper because uh, I was just taking a Tai Chi class, right. and uh, it was hysterical. I'm like, and of course, I thought it was going to be just a, uh, maybe a small photo with the entire class. No, when I opened the page, it's my bald head <laughs> and like a huge picture. <laughs> so that's kind of that was really funny. Of course, I was getting you know I was getting teased to no end. It was hysterical. Yeah, I, I always, I always, always got to give you a good ripping when. Of course. You know how it is in law enforcement when, when you do something, that's it. Nicknames oh. have been developed out of people, what they've done in life. So. Oh, absolutely. I have. I mean, nicknames stick for, uh, to you from from the days of your academy. It doesn't matter. It's hysterical. 
Exactly. <laughs> you got to add that to your scrapbook, buddy. Yo, oh, oh yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but today we're going to look at Carrie because one of the traits that all the guests here on Raider Cop Nation have is they know how to handle weapons. And that mm -hmm. is very good for the listener that's paying attention to what we're doing here today. Today we're going to speak on the who in carrying concealed. And we always, as a premise of what we're going to be talking about on each show, is the Second Amendment itself, a well-regulated mm -hmm. militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, is that here's the kicker shall not be infringed uh -huh. so uh -huh. we're not legal scholars we don't act like one on tv either uh -huh. but we are second amendment enthusiasts absolutely we did serve our country in the capacity of a weapon and uh -huh. so we have that general knowledge now for both of you guys uh, uh -huh. when we look at who can carry What's the definition of what you have as far as who? Now, I know it's it's very vague because uh -huh. each state has their their take on who. But individually, right. what do you think? Well, um, if I'll, I'll chime in on that. The I, I boil it down to three general populations. Uh, the um, the regarding that for law enforcement, the off-duty officer. Um, the retired officer and the concealed carry holder. So sometimes those crowds, you know, audiences mesh together. Um, however, those are like I've seen predominantly in the states I've traveled, those are the three groups of individuals that legally carry. Right. Now, uh, on your end, I, I do have a show coming up in the future that I've plugged you in, uh, mm -hmm. Kilo, with, with the issue of carrying concealed and, and, and what's been occurring in the state of New Jersey, especially oh with uh, law enforcement or retired law yes. enforcement. I kind of dived into that, and my head started to hurt. <laughs> and, and I said, yeah. you know what? I'll just leave it for a show, and Kilo will explain this madness to me, which I just can't. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's a topic of a, literally a whole other show. You right. could, I mean, it's, yes, I, I have absolutely. that coming up on episode number 75, February 20th. Okay. As, as long as our schedule doesn't change here. But uh, New Jersey Disarming and Confusing America on Firearms mm -hmm. is the name of the show. Oh, yeah. So, I can definitely chime in on that. Yeah, so I know you had a lot to, to, to probably talk about. So you got a, you got an hour to to tell us more about what's going on in New Jersey. No problem. I could definitely do that for you. Yeah, if you see any red uh, tanks with, with red sickles on it, it, <laughs> it, it, it might be doomsday. It might be doomsday going down the street. And little red books, yeah. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about the, the who and what we're doing today? You're referring that to me, Alpha? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hoover, in my aspect, I know every every jarhead that I serve with carries legally. Uh, we all got proficient hours and days and months and years in, in training in every specific uh, firearm weapon system that the, you know, that the Marine Corps threw at us. 
So now that I'm in the, back into the civilian side of it, you know, I finally got my permit. You know, for prior military, all we have to do is, you know, in, in the state of Florida, I pay my $110 uh, fee, whatever it, it was. I uh, show them a copy of my Diddy 214, and I'm good to go. I didn't need to do no class or any of that nonsense. Uh, to go back to the uh, regular citizen, as long as they're a law-abiding citizen with no, you know, no prior history of domestic violence or any or any violence whatsoever in their record that got convicted of, you know, they're responsible adults. You know, everybody should have that right to bear arms because it is in the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, is people need to, you know, dissect that Second Amendment. You know, the word that sticks out to me more out of the Second Amendment is militia. But what's the first thing I'm going to ask both of you gentlemen? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you guys hear that word militia? Well, it, it makes you think that it has something to do with an army or something. Right, a local militia, like in the Revolutionary War, where exactly. right. In my sense, I, militia to me is anti-government. You know, the, the government messed up. Right. Right. And we're seeing this, and we're seeing this today, just like you gentlemen mentioned about New, New Jersey stand, because that's what me and my buddies call. We call New Jersey stand and New York stand, because they're mm-hmm. definitely not part of the United States of America. <laughs> you know, now, now they're limit, they're limiting police officers to the amount of rounds they can have in their magazines. Yep. New York is not too far away. Now they have a, a Muslim community patrol. There's a car that that that, that it looks like a, a New York a NYPD vehicle. I'm like, what yeah. is going on? This is why it's important us as, as law-abiding Americans, why it's so important to vote. It's so important to vote because these are the clowns that are in office and they're taking away our rights, but they can try and try and try, but that's where the Second Amendment comes in. So my, my when I look at, con, you know, concealed carry permits, you know, just like you said a, f- a few minutes ago, Alpha, a lot of these folks, they just go to a class, they pay like between $100 to $300 for like four or five-hour class. They probably give them these free little sandwiches. And then they get a stamp and they're good to go, but they have no prior training with that weapon system or that firearm. Mm-hmm. You know, should be taking all these people to the range and and making them proficient. You know, not not just proficient in the laws that that comes with that concealed carry permit, but also proficiency in the weapon system because any any buffoon can have a, a, a gun mm-hmm. and go use a gun right. legally, but do they have the proper training? and the proper mentality to know when and where they, they have the right to use that firearm. So that's the scary part. So there's a lot of gray areas there, but if you're a law-abiding citizen and, and you know, everybody should have the right to protect themselves and their family and their loved ones. But, you know, again, education is key to everything. Yes, it is. And you guys bring up a very good points. And uh, I, in regards to a militia, Judge uh, Anthony Scalia, uh-huh. The late land, uh, Antoine Scalia, he he said that a well-regulated militia is a group of individuals that are trained in the proficiency of the weapon. Right. The, it, it cannot be categorized as a government entity. Nope. And a lot of people don't know exactly what the point Mike was talking about. The the how to carry they. They don't know. They they took a four hour class. They ate a free sandwich, a bologna mm-hmm. sandwich, and now all of a sudden they're a pistolero, and they really they're clueless on on, on some of the aspects of it. So let's right. break down some of the, the the background here. Of course, there is no federal regulation for carrying. Correct. Uh, Florida was the one of the first states back in I believe in 1988 where they came up with 
uh, concealed carry permits. Now, although a lot of people jumped up and down in Florida and said, wow, this is great. We, people prior to that were carrying with no problem. There was yeah. It was vague what the law was, how to carry. People were kind of creating their own, oh, I can put it here. I can put it in my glove compartment. I can put it underneath the seat of my car. Nobody really knew. So the state of Florida, and specifically I'm talking about in, in the 80s, they said, well, we need to come up with legislation on the proper way of carrying. Where I believe that the state of Florida failed is the education of the four-hour course or killing people by PowerPoint is not the answer. Right, should right, be more right. online material, more video material that mm -hmm. can help the citizen exactly how to do things. But when we right. look at the federal government, there's no federal law specifically uh, tailed for carrying concealed. Now... When we look at the the first topic, the the who should carry, what what's the your feeling, both of you guys, on, for example, uh, the state of Florida just recently saying, well, you should not be able to buy an AR if you're 18 or 19. You should be an adult of 21. Yeah, th that's a slippery slope because, just like you, Alpha, you made a really good point where individuals that are you know, 18, 19 can fight for our country and have a firearm and fight for our country. Then they come back to civilian life and they can't buy a rifle. So that, that, because then you have people that argue, well, it's the same thing with certain states at the drinking age. It's the same thing uh, with other laws and statutes. So that's, that's a tough one. Um, but I think that I, if, if you are of age and are of competency to a, uh, have a firearm in the military and, and fight and die for our country as a true patriots that these young men and women are, then they should have, you know, a, as long as they prove proficiency like everyone else, and they should be able to purchase a rifle because yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're considered adults. Yeah. Mike? I totally agree with you, Kilo. Um, my spin on that is I think the whole gray area is, is the whole maturity level aspect. A lot right. of people... They look at the age 18, and and we were all 18 once in our lives. And I kind of see where, and I kind of agree with, you know, there is a little lack of maturity level with a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people my age that are still immature. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. again, going back to what you just said, um, that you have, you know, the legal age used to be 18 for alcohol consumption, but now it's 21. Mm -hmm. And I know there was one state that passed it. I can't remember it off the bat, uh, off my, off my brain. But there, they, there's one state in the United States that already passed the law for smoking cigarettes to 21. Mm -hmm. I think it all goes back to the maturity level. Um, again, uh, you know, going up in the ranks, mm -hmm. I, I saw a lot of immature Marines that shouldn't even have been given weapons, but they were given the weapons because that's their job. Now, does that mean they're proficient at it? No. A uh, prime example, um, the nonsense that's been going on in uh, in the Marine barracks in D.C., they had a neck. A Marine died, what, two days ago before the new year rang in uh, from a, a gunshot wound. So they're, they're trying to investigate it. Uh, I'm, if you give it, if you ask me personally, I think it was a negligent discharge on, mm -hmm. on what Marine was handling the weapon system. So just because a certain person is, 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 is 18 or 19 and they're, you know, they're a soldier, they're an airman or they're a Marine or whatever it is, me knowing, you know, personally, it doesn't mean that that person is, is ready or proficient in that weapon system. 
So I think they're trying to roll that over to the civilian aspect. Oh, these people are still kids. So let's take away giving them that access and get, let them mature a little bit until they're 21. Now, does it mean once they hit 21 or 22 that they're mature enough? No, it doesn't. But right. where it comes into play with the training, you know, if you're going to go to a concealed carry program or class, you know, these are the questions these people need to ask. That's what these instructors are there for. You're supposed to pick their brains. Right, 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 right. Absolutely, absolutely. You know. Yeah, and I want to chime in on that too, Mike. Um, and and Alpha, this is something that I, I'm a huge proponent of. Uh, regardless of what state uh, creates a concealed carry program, uh, I, the training is so important. Aside from the firearms training, which is you would think the obvious portion of firearms proficiency. What people need to understand is the use of force policies in their respective state, <coughs> and and this should be in it, regardless of the state, whatever wherever it's at, a state should have in place, aside from the firearms training, an intense use of force block of instruction in conjunction with firearm safety. It should definitely be a lot more than four hours. I mean, it should be, uh, it should be about a day or two, uh, because it's a lot of material to cover, and it should be. Um, Aside from range exams, like written proficiency exams too, that way this, you're covered and you have an intimate knowledge of your of the use of force policies uh, of, of the state that you're trying to get the permanent. Very good, yeah. very good yeah. points. Especially, especially in Florida, with the whole confusion that a lot of uh, you know carry people that carry, you know, there's a lot of confusion with the standard ground law, and like we spoke before mm -hmm. we started mm -hmm. recording. You know, even before I was, a, you know, I got out and, and got my permit, you know, in the military, if you're going to pull your weapon out on somebody, it's to kill. And it's the same thing in the civilian aspect. Your your weapon is not to scare people or mm -hmm. to shoot warning shots. If you're going to draw your weapon on somebody, it's because there's your your life is, is in imminent danger and you had no other option but to take this person's life because they would have been your life. So that's where the confusion is. People are like, oh, I got a gun. A lot of people are doing it because it's trendy. Yeah, look at the gun I got. Look what I carry. Yeah, everybody's doing it. This is my everyday carry, my EDC. But mm -hmm. are you proficient at it? Do you know the laws that are in your state? Because every state has a different set of laws. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know, and I know the topic is concealed, but in Florida, there's a law. It's 790.25, and it allows anybody with, with any firearms to open carry if you're fishing, camping, or hunting, you're allowed mm -hmm. to carry. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. And this okay. is why it's so important, whatever respective state you come from, yep. we read up on those laws. That way, if, if, if a police officer or somebody that's not educated in the law, you educate that person, and that person educates the next person, and then everybody's educated. But unless that happens, we're all still going to be lost in the sauce. Right. Yep, I, I agree. Now, with respect to the, the original question on the AR, if you're 18, they're raising the legal age to 21. I believe that if you're 18, 19, 20, you should be trained very, very, very much so in the discipline of the AR. Now, my example I will use is at the police academy. You've yep. got kids that are 19 and 20 years old in there. Straight out of high school. But straight out of high school or from, from the local supermarket, and all of a sudden they're in the academy. But the discipline on how to carry that weapon, how to use that weapon is so high that if they know if they have a, uh, a, a discharge of any type, 
there's going to be scrutiny. So I believe right. that if the general public, maybe through the NRA or whatever, if you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you obtain a certificate, maybe a 40-hour course, of course, that person would have to pay for it. I don't see no reason why you have to wait to 21. No, exactly. Right. Well, Alpha, uh, I'm glad right. you said But if, if people look into the history of our school system in the United States of America, back in the black and white days, in the school system, in high school, they taught young students, young Americans, how to shoot and how to main, uh, handle fire weapons. Yes. So, so what happened from that time frame to now? Right. Something happened. I don't know if it's the the political aspect of everybody being left or right or or liberal or, you know, but something happened because this was the normal back then. Hey, this is firearms. America's pro firearm. You know, we're the, we're the largest country in the world with the most firearms. So I dare anybody to try and invade us, you know, right. but it, it goes to show you that why isn't, why is the school system, you know, they're, they're, they're driving away from driver's ed. They, they stopped firearms training. You know, mm-hmm. have sex sex education, which is a joke. So I, I think they need the, the the federal government needs to come up with a plan to teach these young these young Americans while they're still learning in school the basics. You know, why aren't they teaching our, our, our kids, you know, basic firearm safety or basic stuff, how to write a resume or but yet they're teaching them all this stuff that once they're adults and out in the real world they never use. Yeah, I agree. I mean that that's a show in a, in, in itself. But mm-hmm. I, I totally agree that, there, believe it or not, folks, if you're out there listening, at one time in high schools, they actually taught students how to shoot. Yeah, they had rifle teams. Right. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah. 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 Competitions and everything. Yeah. Yeah, back in the, I mean, you were able to mail order guns. You had more guns in school. You were able to bring your gun to states. You bring a gun to school so that after school, when you want a rifle team, you go shoot and practice. Um, guns are much more readily available and accessible years ago, and we didn't have these problems. Nope, yep. we didn't. Now, we're going to be posting a lot of this information on our show notes so you can refer to it. And uh, one of the things that I'm going to be posting on there is on each state, what type of system do they have with regards to carrying concealed? Now, there's some, some different categories. One of them is unrestricted. I mean, there's no license whatsoever. But that falls under the interpretation of law enforcement. Then there's shall issue. Florida is one of those shall issues. They shall give you a permit to carry. And then you fall into those guidelines in Florida. It's Florida Statute 790.06. And then there's states like New Jersey. Here you go. Ready? May, uh-huh. May issue. May issue. Yep. So May issue is one of those systems that of scrutiny. And for the poor folk out there making maybe ten dollars an hour, or like Bernie Sanders says, ten dollars an hour. There's mm-hmm, yeah. no way in the world you're you might get through that system. There's a lot of scrutiny there, a lot of selectiveness of who gets a firearm. Yes. So you have those three categories in every state in the union and all of them have challenges looking at one more on the who section we have the issue with post-traumatic syndrome and mm-hmm. people that that have been diagnosed with that or any other um mental issue and and and, and how does that 
turn into carrying. Now, this is something that the governments now are wrestling with. Of course, the far left just wants to strip everybody, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what diagnosis you have. But it's a fine line. How, how do you dwell into that? You have other laws that protect people uh, from any knowledge of whatever uh, health condition they have. And all of a sudden, here's government saying, well, wait a minute. If you have an issue, I can take the gun away. And where do we draw the line on that one? Yeah, that, that, that's another topic of that's going to be, unfortunately, more prolific as time goes on with our, uh, with our returning uh, veterans uh, and also law enforcement. Right. Uh, you know, and that's a really tough one to call because it's it's all going to be contingent on pretty much the, the diagnosis the diagnosis of a of a healthcare professional. So, because they're the ones that are going to make the ultimate determination as to what your status is uh, mentally, and then then what then we're going to see what states do in regards to responding to that to that condition. So it, it, it's going to be a very gray area, in my opinion. It, it's going to take uh, it might take a couple of court cases to, to, to make it black and white because you're going to have certain states with different standards right. uh, with, with, with the diagnosis of PTSD. Uh, is it a mental health issue? Are they a threat to themselves? Are they a threat to others? And that's so, at this juncture, it's early. But it's an, un, unfortunately, though, it, it's going to be a, a situation where it might make it to the Supreme Court. Oh, most likely. Most likely. One time or another, yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's 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 going to be more pro. Unfortunately, it's going to be more prolific. It it, it, it it's a, it's expanding uh, at a rate um, that that you know that just we just need to. It's going to be thrust upon us, but at the same time, like you said, is a fine line. We don't want it. We don't want the others, the, the individuals, to use that as a tool to prevent the for blanket banning of owning a firearm. Right. You know, and, and, and that's going to be the tug of war that we're going to be seeing in the next couple of years yeah, the, on that. The, the, sound, that the sound mind tug of war. Right. Right. Mike. Yeah, I think I think the stigma that the majority of uh, Americans have with uh, post-traumatic stress is it's, it's only military related. But uh, I'm sure everybody's well aware of the rise of post-traumatic stress with our first responders. Mm-hmm. Um Correct. Okay. The, the stigma is, oh, he's a war veteran. Why do they have all these guns? And they're going to shoot up and kill people. I mean, if you look at the hundreds of thousands of, of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom veterans that all you know, left their respective branches and are law-abiding citizens. So mm-hmm. you can't let a couple uh, rotten apples kill the whole batch. Correct. And in my, mm-hmm. my personal opinion with anybody, whether they're military or first responder, you know, we're going to have people that slide through the cracks. And, and the and the ones that are doing these mass shootings, and, you know, the first thing they highlight, the, the media will highlight is, oh, a Marine veteran goes on a shooting spree or, or Army veteran goes on a shooting spree. But what they don't highlight is, you know, these people had a history of, of disturbing before they were even got into the military. Mm-hmm. So there's ways there's ways to, that people slide through the cracks, and we see it in, in, in our first responders community. You know the, the the bad apples in that community also, that are making those that are good. They're making the whole the whole batch look bad. So it all goes to that. People need to remember that just because somebody you know went through something, you know whether it was combat or you know they draw their weapon in the line of duty, doesn't make them. It doesn't automatically make them a, a cold cold assassin killer. It doesn't. 
You know, everybody right. deals with their own post-traumatic stress in their own way, but if that was really the case and it was that black and white, so why isn't there many that many more mass shootings from our our, our wounded veterans and our wounded warriors in the first responder community? Because it's not true. Uh, the ones you're seeing and hearing about it is, a, is more of a hidden agenda behind that. These people were disturbed way before they even decided to uh, join the military or join the police force or join the fire department. These people were twisted and they just wanted to get into a line where they had a sense of power to go over people. Right. So the whole background check, I, to me, is a joke. You know, I, I went through the process when I joined the Marine Corps. I got out. I went through the process in the fire department with the police department. And I just, it, it was, it's a joke because the people that make it through, it's like, what the hell? This guy made it, but then we have this guy who's way more, way more established and got way more better credentials, but because he... He has post-traumatic stress. He's going to be automatically, you know, disqualified. Right. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, yeah. We have to ask ourselves this question in society. Are there any attorneys, politicians, doctors that have bipolarism Mm -hmm. or schizophrenia? Sure. Or or post-traumatic syndrome or what have you. (laughs) And the answer to the question is yes, but they're functioning. Right. They're functioning. They wake up every day. They go to work. They do what they, they take whatever medication that they've given. Exactly. Them. Exactly. And they function. Right. So all of a they sudden, front. that's what they do. They put up a real good front. Yeah. All of a sudden, like Mike said, because of the stigma, post-traumatic syndrome and veterans, all of a sudden you're, you're a maniac. You can't have a gun because you're going to shoot up the neighborhood. Right. But what difference is it between a lawyer that practices law and he's bipolar? Right. And that's where, in my opinion, that's where these cases, like I said before, are just going to get more prolific. It's going to get more pushed up to the front uh, of issues that we're going to have to deal with in conjunction with the second amendment. And it's it's going to make it to the court system. I guarantee it. I guarantee these are going to be issues because they're going to come up. The same exact dynamic. Well, if that person or the senator or congressman so-and-so might have this or this attorney, this doctor might have, might have this problem, but they're not being in, 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 uh, infringed on their rights to do X, Y, and Z. So it's going to be an issue that has to be dealt with. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come up. It's definitely going to come up in the future. Right. Yeah, going back, going back with the who again, Alpha, again, the Second Amendment, there's nothing there about I need a permit to carry. It's in the freaking constitution. I have every right to carry whatever I want. So why do I need to get a permit? Why do I need to do this? Right. To me, it's all a business. It's all more money to suck away from a citizen. Correct. And, and, and as I stated before, there are several States, I believe there's 12 of them or 13 that are unrestricted. Mm -hmm. And there, there is no permit process. Florida, like I said, was one of them, but then citizens were, uh, Florida was turning into the old West. They, and so they came up with the system. But the system, I believe now, is hampering more citizens than helping. But that's my opinion. Uh-huh. Now we're looking uh-huh. to uh, a, another aspect of the who, which is in line more with society's norms. Now, when I saw, I saw a seminar once online on YouTube, and I'll post it with Judge Scalia, and he talks about society's norms is a form of legislation. And when we look at now, they have medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. So 
every state they're kind of jumping into that and some pointing at some states that are failing, some states that are good. But regardless of that, when we look at now medical marijuana and we mix that in with firearms because I think every state says that you can't be under some type of substance in carrying a firearm. You obviously right. can't be inside a bar carrying a firearm. Mm-hmm. So now we look at the who with respects to medical marijuana, which is legal in many states, and eventually probably the federal government will jump on too. It's and how gonna... that affects carrying firearms. Uh, I can speak off personal. I, I'm a, a medical marijuana card carrier in the state of Florida, and that was the big debate among veterans is, oh, well, you know, how can I how can I take this medicine as legal now? You know, the, the Florida, you know, citizens voted for it. They passed Amendment 2. So a lot of the veterans that I was talking to when it first got passed were like, man, I don't want, I don't want to take something that's going to help me better than taking all these opioids and these prescription drugs that are killing us. But then I don't want to give up my gun rights. So now, fast forward now to 2019, before everybody was scared. Now, oh, it's cut, it's cut and dry. If you're a medical can, a marijuana card holder, you, you can carry. You you are qualified to get a, a concealed carry permit, but you cannot buy a gun at a store because that is still federal. It's still federally illegal. What the loophole that they put in was, well, you can buy firearms privately. So. If you want to buy private, you can buy private, but you can't go into a gun store and, and buy a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun if you're a medical marijuana card holder. But what I will say about that is what's the difference between, you know, something that's medical be, and, and comparing that to alcohol? You know, alcohol is the main thing that is consumed in the world, and a lot of uh, permit holders carry, you know, or drink alcohol. So... Mm. This, this, mm-hmm. It's a gray area, and there's a lot of comparison, too. So what's the difference? Again, it all goes back to the maturity level. Don't be under the influence, and then you're carrying your, a, a weapon that's, you know, you can take somebody's life. Correct. If you're going to be medicated or you're going to be out at the bar, you know, do the right thing and, and leave your handgun at home or leave it in the car, you know, make sure it's locked up right away. And that's it. It all comes to, to your state of mind, your maturity level. And it's all I, I agree. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Common sense. Like if 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 I'm a card holder and and I'm not gonna be under the influence, and then I'm gonna be carrying my gun. You know, not saying that something's gonna happen, but I'm not gonna put myself in that position, and nobody should. Same thing goes with alcohol. You know, so that, that's that's my spill on that, Alpha. Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. Yes, definitely. Don't put yourself in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I see the same thing. If you're on. Um, <laughs> prescribed medication and it does give you some type of narcotic effect there's no difference so this comparison these lines that are drawn in the sand by government are very confusing and the forefathers when they came up with the second amendment they looked at it and i think that their mindset might have been that you judge every case individually but when you paint everybody with the same brush then you're trampling on a lot of people's rights mm-hmm. and that becomes a problem big problem so now we, yes. we, we we're, we're diving into the who who can carry concealed we looked at the age between uh, being 18 
and states you are legal, uh, you're a legal adult, but now there's moving up slowly, creeping up to 21 to carry. And that's for shotguns too as well, right, Alpha? I believe so, any long gun. And, and Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's what I, because I know before it was 18, but I'm pretty sure now they're going to bump it up to 21 since they're doing that with everything else. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. it, it will it'll probably be all guns uh, in the near future to be 21, which is hypocritical, and we know that. Um, yeah, just look back, what, a couple decades ago where shotguns were sold at almost every store. You go to Walmart or supermarket, they had shotguns there. Yeah. Well, wow. Well, up, up, up where I'm at, you know, we still have shotguns in Walmarts. Yeah. If some people might be listening and go, wow, they got shotguns in Walmarts? <laughs> yeah, they've had it for years. They have it for years. So uh, they're restricting that. Now, the question that we looked at was, are the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds being discriminated against? We're not lawyers, but we're just advocates of the Second Amendment, and we believe that they are at some point, and it's all about proficiency. We also right. looked about people that have mental disorders and, and the stigma that comes with that, and uh, we looked at um, how does the government or how could the government define who can carry and who can't. Right. And now we looked at the issue of medical marijuana, and, of course, that goes for prescription drugs as well and anything else and carrying. Lastly, there are the who can carry. And I know in New Jersey this is a big issue with the retired folks, and we're going to do a show yes. on that. And there is a lot of uh, confusion, I want to say, between retired law enforcement. So when you're active... You pray pretty much you can take the gun wherever you like to. That That's kind of the, the unwritten rule. And now when you become retired, you fall into the civilian segment. But you, right. got, you got retired folks that still wandering around like if, no, 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 <laughs> I'm a cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, every time uh, I've had friends of mine in my department that, that are thinking about retiring, I would tell them, hey, make sure you get your permit to carry because you'd rather, and if you rather, if you hardly carry, you know, you might want, you might want to do it so that that one time, that one year you want to carry, you have the permit. So I, I always try to encourage retired officers to, to get their carrying permit in the state. Right. I agree. And the reason for that is you don't know what changes are coming. And New Jersey is mm -hmm. a perfect example of that. Oh, Things yes. can switch real, real quick, and you're looking real crazy. Real quick. So you, 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 we do have to look at that. And we have other aspects of other people that are going to carry the first-timers, the soccer moms, the older citizens that probably, you know, uh, elderly now, never carried a weapon, never even thought of, but they live mm -hmm. in fear, so they're carrying of course, all these people are, are legal and should, and at least uh, this program, we really encourage people to carry and uh, at, at, at any time. So the who becomes a bigger and bigger monster. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I've got to identify the elephant in the room because somebody will tell us, well, you didn't talk about the elephant. And the <laughs> elephant is, should legal residents of the United States or illegals carry weapons. <laughs> Yo, that's so, oh, yeah. That's going to be a big topic. 
<laughs> I think that's a show in itself right there, Alpha. That's a show in itself. And I would Oh not, yeah. Oh my goodness. I oh good not, oh goodness, yes. I would not doubt that the left goes that way. Oh goodness. Just, that, that's a show in and of itself. Just to go the opposite way, they turn around and say, Well, you know, it's good for one, it's good for the other. Especially right. When you look at these states that have unrestricted, they don't have permit systems. So I'm mm. illegal and I'm carrying a gun. But mm -hmm. I live in that state. Now what happens? Wow. So, of yeah. course, we have an understanding that the Second Amendment was made for every American. Correct. But we're talking about the wacky Bolshevik <coughs> left and their interpretation of the Constitution that they would love to burn at a stake. And I'm sure that they'll tell me, you're crazy. We love America. The only thing is they, don't, they never prove it. Every time right. they open their mouth is something anti-American. But if they were to go that way, that would really throw a twist in the American system. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, all of us in the same room know that it's it's very easy for any illegal to, to find a firearm because we see it daily on the news, on the reports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because a person is illegal doesn't stop them from purchasing a firearm from somebody. So uh, that's, that's another big problem in this country, too. Yes, it is. And we just recently witnessed uh, an illegal kill a police officer in California. A police officer, yeah. And, and there was a yes. manhunt for him, yes. and, and you know they caught him. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know. Uh, this has been the rage? For a long where time. was the where was the rage for that? It was, where was the you know? The nut, it was nothing right. from it. No, they didn't make no big deal about that. But it is a very big deal. It's a big Not deal. Like police officers. It's a big deal, yeah. and from the a left, horrible situation. Yes, yes. From the left, we heard crickets. Nobody, nobody said a word. Right, correct. It's crazy. So I know. as we continue to look at the who, what, where, when, why, and how of concealed carry, myself and my co-host will drive into a lot of these issues. We want you, the listener, to grab some knowledge from what we're saying. Carrying a concealed weapon is a huge responsibility that you really, your duty, your fiduciary duty is to find out what you can and cannot do within your respective states. Seek education because knowledge is power and you won't be looking crazy in the future. Gentlemen, uh -huh. is there anything out of the who that I forgot? Uh, not that I, I think we pretty much covered everything for now. Yeah, we still got another five five segments or whatever we miss, we'll, we'll carry it on to the next one. But I, I think we hit every bullet. I think so. I think so. Well, if you, if we've carried everything, it's been our pleasure to have you, uh, both of you gentlemen on, and we will continue looking at in our next series, what in the concealed carry episode number seven, zero. Awesome. Thank awesome. You. Fantastic. Well, it was great to have Mike Sierra and Kilo Sierra on and discuss the first part, part one of a six-part series on concealed carry. And we answered and we spoke about the who. And to be honest with you, we could have been here for quite a while coming up with more who's and really, really 
having uh, six parts on that just first and only question. But we have to move on, folks. January 16th, we bring on episode number 70, and that is Concealed Carry, who, what? We're going to study the what, where, when, why, and how, part two. So part two, we will discuss the what, and that is January 16th. Don't forget that each one of these series will be uh, one behind the other all the way up into uh, February 13th. And we may have a seventh show, depending how we handle the how. But as always, it's been my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Nation. I do have to say that on every show, we're going to end it with um, how many officers died in the line of duty. And as of this taping, January 2nd, 2019, I can proudly say and happily say no officers have died so far, and hopefully they never will this year in 2019. And good news like that is always good to say. It has been my honor to be your host on Radar Cop Nation. Don't forget to keep your community, the agency that serves you, your own home and yourself in prayer to the Lord himself and most especially to this great country, the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike signing out. And guide her through the night with a light from above from the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam God bless America my home sweet